The USCCB meeting in Baltimore has wrapped up. I'll be refraining for the moment on commenting on the document on the Eucharist, largely because that statement will require a lot of reading between the lines to understand. But we can get a good idea of what to expect upon final analysis by something else that has happened. For those who want sacred liturgy to triumph, the USCCB have chosen someone to head that office that is actually dedicated to reverent liturgy. I take it as a small but critical victory for those of us who want right-ordered worship to prevail and liturgical nonsense to be addressed. So let's take a look at this bit of good news and the underlying bad news of it that indicates what we can really expect out of the USCCB statement on the Eucharist upon its final analysis. No, this is not all good news. But let's start with the good news. In a sign that I can only take as a rebuke of the Francis position on the liturgy and a tacit rejection of Traditionis Custodis, the U.S. bishops have chosen from among their peers a traditionally-minded bishop to head their office of liturgy. Bishop Stephen Lopez of the Ordinariate of the Anglican Ordinariate was made the chair of the USCCB Liturgy Committee. I think you'll get an idea about the man's character regarding the deposit of the faith in this statement from the website of the Anglican Ordinariate that was released upon his elevation. Quote, Bishop Lopez shepherds the Ordinariate of the Chair of St. Peter, one of the three Latin Rite Catholic dioceses with Anglican traditions established under Benedict Sixteenth, two 2009 Apostolic Constitution Anglicanorum Coitibus. The diocese has approximately 40 parishes and communities in both the U.S. and Canada. Bishop Lopez was ordained a Catholic priest for the Latin Rite Archdiocese of San Francisco in 2001 by then Archbishop William Lovada. He worked as an official in the Vatican's Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith from 2005 until Pope Francis named him Bishop for the Ordinariate of the Chair of St. Peter in November 2015. During his time as an official in the CDF, then Monsignor Lopez worked on the development of Anglicanorum Coitibus and the Anglicanae Traditionis Committee that developed the ordinary liturgical books drawn from its Anglican tradition, end quote. For those who might not be aware of this, the Anglican Ordinariate is a part of the Latin Rite that features the Anglican High Liturgy somewhat reformulated by Benedict XVI to make the Mass valid. This is an organization that was designed to help bring the influx of Anglican priests and laity who were leaving the Anglican Church for the Catholic Church, something that could make their transition to the faith easy while respecting their with the liturgical traditions, which are frankly more reverent than the mainstream uh, mass in the church is these days. The Ordinariate is an organization of priests and bishops dedicated to reverent forms of the liturgy, and they say them in high English. So this is, I mean, strictly speaking, their masses are in the vernacular, strictly speaking, but it's not the same as what you see at a Noah's Ordo. And I say this is good news because it means someone in the USCCB is now in charge of the sacred liturgy who understands the importance of liturgical practices that are pleasing to God and understand our man's relationship to God as it is expressed in the liturgy. This is good news, and it should be a moment to be happy. But the process was an interesting one by all accounts. Bishop Lopez B. Archbishop Mitchell Rosansky of St. Louis for the Post. Archbishop Rosansky attempted to give laity the power to distribute sacraments that only the priest can give out canonically speaking. He attempted to empower the laity in a way that is inappropriate in the church. Archbishop Rosansky attempted to give them, in his diocese, the ability to give out the sacred anointing during that, we'll call it the uh, big hubbalaloo of 2020, that resulted in our parishes being closed in accordance with Caesar's decrees. 
He earned a rebuke for that action from the USCCB. But in spite of that, the final tally for this posting for the head of liturgy was 121 in favor of Bishop Lopez and 120 for Rosansky. There was one difference between them, one point difference. This was a contentious debate in Baltimore, as you can imagine it might be, given that Traditionis Custodis looms large over any debate about the liturgy at the moment. The National Catholic Reporter describes the importance of this decision and the internal debate about it in this way in an article they published before Bishop Lopez was chosen. So this was before. Okay, so understand this is how they're framing it. Quote, At the National Catholic Prayer Breakfast in September, Bishop Lopez told attendees that Regardless of what the pundits say, the truth of the intrinsic and inviolable dignity of the human person is not divisive. It is the foundation of all other rights, and that unity without truth is simply uniformity bound to fail. Many bishops had invoked the importance of unity in the debate over the statement on worthiness to receive communion in June. Archbishop Rosansky was among those bishops and signed a letter, along with other prelates, attempting to delay drafting of the document on the Eucharist by arguing for a slower approach to ensure maintaining unity with the Holy See and the Universal Church on the issue. He also introduced a motion in the June meeting attempting to delay drafting of the document, a motion that ultimately failed. The winner of this process will be noteworthy given that the chairman of this committee will head the implementation of Pope Francis's recent motu proprio Traditionis Custodis, Guardians of the Tradition, which directed bishops to limit the use of the traditional Latin Mass. Thus far, U.S. bishops have largely approached the implementation of the motu proprio through continued study without directly imposing restrictions on it. <laughs> End quote. And that's exactly right. Rosansky is a Francis Church modernist, to put it mildly and charitably, while Lopez does not appear to be one. Now, while I remain skeptical that virtually any figure in the hierarchy today is a staunch defender of Catholic orthodoxy, and thus we should be cautious in being thrilled at the outcome, if I had to put the fate of the mass of the ages, in America at least, in the hands of one of these two men, Bishop Lopez is the man I choose without any hesitancy whatsoever. This move comes on the same day that Archbishop Roach, the prelate in Rome whose job it is, is to destroy the liturgical deposit of the faith, by suppressing the Latin Mass, issued an outright lie about the traditional liturgy in order to explain why Francis felt it necessary to ban the Latin Mass with Traditionis Custodis. And it comes from Headline News, where we get the headline. Vatican Archbishop, traditional Latin Mass trial was not successful in reconciling the SSPX. It's worth noting here that Catholic News Agency is not a firebrand outlet, not one to exercising in polemics, to put it mildly. And the characterization of the SSPX relationship with Rome is, again, misrepresented here as it always is. They are in communion with Rome. We've had numerous bishops in the church speaking officially on behalf of Rome say this, but people still don't understand that. But from the article, quote, The Vatican's liturgy chief said this week that Pope Francis issued Traditionis Custodis as the effort to reconcile the Society of St. Pius X, the SSPX, has not been entirely successful, and it is necessary to go back to what Vatican II required of the Church. In an interview with a television channel serving Italian-speaking Switzerland, aired November 14th, Archbishop Arthur Roach said that the normal form of the celebration of the Roman Rite is found in those documents that have been published since the Second Vatican Council. Pope John Paul II's Ecclesia Dei and Benedict XVI's Samorum Pontificum were established in order to encourage the Lefevrists, above all, to return to unity with the Church, Roach lied, I mean continued, referring to the SSPX by the name of its founder, Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre. 
it's clear that Traditionis Custodis is saying, okay, this trial has not been is, is successful. And so let us go back to what the Second Vatican Council required of the Church. The Prefect of the Congregation for Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments said, end quote. And that is an outright lie. Aside from repeating the lie that the SSPX is in schism, which they are not, Roach is saying here that what Samorum Pontificum was issued to end was the internal quarrels with the SSPX. That, he says, has failed, which is frankly good news, because that means that somewhere the deposit of the faith is secured in a way that at least we know where to find it when we need it. On Twitter, the account for 1 Peter 5 addressed Roach's nonsensical claim by quoting from the recent interview book with Benedict XVI written by Peter Seewald. 1 Peter 5 stated on Twitter, quote, Just absolutely false. Benedict XVI on what Vatican is falsely saying about Samorum Pontificum. This is from Last Testament, his interview with Peter Seewald. Samorum was about healing the liturgical breach Paul VI created in 1969, end quote. Now, what does Benedict say on the matter? He really couldn't be clearer. The healing of the breach with the SSPX was at best a second consideration for him. Quote, the reauthorization of the Tridentine Mass is often interpreted primarily as a concession to the Society of St. Pius X. That is just absolutely false. It was important for me that the Church is one with herself inwardly, with her own past. That what was previously holy to her is not somehow wrong now. The right must develop. In that sense, reform is appropriate, but the continuity must not be ruptured. The Society of St. Pius X is based on the fact that people felt the Church was renouncing itself. That must not be. But as I said, my intentions were not of a tactical nature. They were about the substance of the matter itself. Of course, it is also the case that, the moment one sees a Church schism looming, the Pope is obliged to do whatever is possible to prevent it happening. This also includes the attempt to lead these people back into unity with the Church, if possible. End quote. Unity was a secondary concern, not the primary concern. The primary concern was that the Church must be internally consistent to avoid the hermeneutic of rupture that Francis has embraced. The hermeneutic of continuity of Benedict is gone. Francis himself said as much. Francis and others have said that there is a clear break with the past, and the liturgy, the Novus Ordo, is the expression of that break. Unity with the SSPX came a distant second for Benedict. Why is Roach lying about this? Because that is what Francis said in his accompanying letter to Traditionis Custodis. This whole mess is based on a pernicious and perfidious lie about the faith and about the purpose of Benedict's move to preserve tradition in some form in the church. And this is what Bishop Lopez, the new liturgical chief for the USCCB, is going to have to deal with. Keep him in your prayers. It's a heavier job than I think most people realize. As for the document on the Eucharist, I'll have a more in-depth analysis of that document as it is released. It's too early now to comment on it concretely, but the divide between Bishop Lopez and Archbishop Rosansky illustrates something we can take away from this that is applicable to any discussion on the Eucharist and sacrilegious reception of it. The liturgy and the Eucharist are clearly and rather obviously linked. The tally for the two men was 121 to 120 in favor of Bishop Lopez, meaning half of the bishops participating in Baltimore were of the mind of Francis on the liturgy. I would presume, then, that they would be of like mind with Francis on the question of who was worthy to receive the Eucharist. Given that when the man I call Sleepy Caesar was told by Francis to keep receiving the Eucharist, it stands to reason that these 120 bishops are fine with shelving this debate entirely to avoid causing problems in the news, and, of course, to avoid causing problems with the man who has the purse strings that pay for so much of what the Church does these days. 
The amount of federal contracts the church has with the U.S. government should give any Catholic of any perspective pause because it means that the church has taken too on too close a relationship with a power structure that clearly does not like the church. Lepanto Institute has done a fantastic job of outlining this kind of expenditure. You should go visit their website and poke around there for a bit. These 120 bishops can say rightly that if they avoid making any sweeping proclamations about who can receive the Eucharist, that they are keeping in unity with the Holy See. Given that Francis has given the Eucharist to Protestants, we should expect that upon final analysis of the document on the Eucharist, that there may be some Catholic-sounding language about our duties toward the Blessed Sacrament, but in reality, no changes will be made. The status quo of sacrilegious communion will prevail. But there it is. While the status quo of sacrilegious community may and probably will continue with no end in sight, at least for now, the efforts of Supich and Francis and others to squash the traditional liturgy in America has probably failed. Again, for now. And by in America, I mean broadly. Each bishop still has the control per that document of the liturgy in their diocese. I still expect a Traditionis Custodis II to be written and released in the not terribly distant future. But for now, a liturgist with a dedication to reverent, right-ordered worship has been chosen by his peers to oversee liturgical norms and practices in the church in America, and that is unequivocally good news. So please pray for Bishop Lopez of the Ordinariate, and let me know what you thought of this in the comments, please. Is this good news, or will it not matter all that much? Let me know your opinion on this, and as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.